Hi everyone, my name is Jaypal Hernandez and welcome to Man on a Mission Live. And we've been doing this for seven episodes now. And we have um, I create content um, twice a week just to you know help men uh, be inspired and find faith, find strength. Uh, our goal is for men to be leaders, to lead their family, to provide, to protect. Because men, we are not accidents. We are we are not losers. We are not des- um, destined to fail. We are designed by God to be great. We are created in God's image and likeness. So for today, we're going to talk about Catholic manhood. You know, um, it's really amazing because a lot of men say this. I'm like this kasi dito lang ako. Ito na ako. Ganyan na ako. But you know, real manhood is is something else. Embracing your strength, embracing who you are, is embracing God's design for you. You know, you know, um, it really breaks my heart when men, you know, destroy women. Because you see, real men are not afraid. Real men are generous. Real men are humble. Real men allow um, other people to rise up because we're not afraid about our ego and position in this world because we know how we have a place in this world and that is why i invited a guest i i first watched him by accident actually um in this youtube um show and the episode was about an atheist and a catholic um have coffee or or talk and i was just really um anyway I watched it like two or three times and I was so floored by this guy's humility and love. And then I just watched all his content in um, Unboxing Catholicism podcast. So I want you to go on YouTube later or the podcast channels and find him there. His name is Burns Kaazi. And I want you to know that I'm a fan of what he's doing. And I'm so grateful that he's making time for me, um, for us, for us, us men, because, you know, um, a lot of people are going to be blessed, especially um, um, for those who are lost in life. So if you're here right now, um, please share this um, this episode this page to your friends tag your friends and then just enjoy the conversation with us it's between two men who will talk about god manhood and everything in between let me invite our guest today burns kaasi hello kuya j paul and hello po sa lahat ng mga nanonood sa feast tv and at the same time those who are following man on a mission it's an honor to serve with you tonight po Hi Burns, thank you so much, and make thank you for making time. Um, because you see, I know you you do you have different ways of earning, and then you do this um as well. Hindi siya side mission. It's really you make a lot of things work. Can you share uh what do you do um aside from doing your podcast? Right. So I am Burns Okaasipo. I am the creator and the founder of Unboxing Catholicism Podcast. It really started just a podcast, Kuya J. Paul, no, noong April 2020 because of the pandemic. But before that, no, before I tell you about the story of the podcast, I'm, I'm also employed full-time. I am a wow. teacher at Paref Northfield School for Boys in Quezon City. I used to teach literature and religion. And now I'll be teaching some senior high school subjects. And I also help in the school paper as their uh, advisor for the journalism club. And at the same time, I do mentoring. So I mentor 20 men right now, young men, no? high school students on faith 
and life. And then so, noong 2016, after graduating college, you know, to, for those who are seeing me for the first time, I used to be an anti-Catholic Protestant. You know? So I was born and baptized Catholic. I left the faith because of lack of uh, formation. And then noong college, no, that's where I had real Catholic formation. And then to cut the long story short, I came back to the church through the grace of God and the intercession of Our Lady. So nag-start ako ng blog noong 2016. Ang ano lang ang objective ko lang is to just really spread uh, the story of my conversion so that people will know that Catholicism is worth looking at, no, worth exploring and worth uh, you know uh, studying. And nag-share ako ng article noon. The article's name was uh, "Why I Asked My Mom to Burn the Statues of the Saints" and what I learned from that because I really did that, no. Sinabi ko sa mami ko, sunugin natin yung mga statwa ng mga santo dahil ito'y malaking kahibangan. Sabi sa Biblia, wag tayo gagawa ng mga santo-santuhan or mga graven images. No? More on that later. And then so fast forward to 2020, I, I, no, 2019, I met this guy who's my mentor now in content creation. His name is Kirby Liaban. He started mm-hmm. the Fired Up Life podcast. It's a beautiful, beautiful podcast. And he started a group called Passion Builders. So I became part of that. And that's where I learned more about content creation. And that's where I got inspired na yung podcast pala. Pwede pala siyang maging Facebook live show. And then because of his guidance, he also sabi niya, you know, Burns, I believe so much in the advocacy. So now, ang nangyari, yung aming podcast na naging Facebook live show, it also became in an online course. So now we are offering unboxing evangelization online course. Basically, we teach people how to engage in positive dialogue when it comes to dealing with Protestants and non-Catholics. And that evolved again through the grace of God into a community. Now we have more than 500 members with volunteers helping us out in different facets of uh, what we do. And amazing kasi nasusustain pa naman natin siya, although it's hard, no? Kasi sabi ko nga kanina, I'm employed full-time in Pirate Northfield, but I also have a business. I'm an assistant unit manager in Crew Life UK. And I help people in insurance and investments. And at the same time, may iba pa tayo mga volunteer works na ginagawa. But through the grace of God, kinakaya naman natin. And He's bringing us people, you know, like our volunteers who are really pouring out their hearts, you know, their minds and their effort to make the advocacy grow and to make it work for people. So, yun. Siguro, that's an overview of what I am doing right now. <laughs> Wow, I, I'm so happy to hear everything you're doing. You know, I really just just listening to you at your age, um, you really see how God works. You know, um, it seems impossible, but when you embrace the grace of God, He'll really give you grace upon grace to just really embrace um, the whatever you know is needed. So I really honor you, That's bro. Right. Um, you're you are preaching the gospel. You're like St. Paul, building, you're making tents and, you know, doing everything <laughs> that you can. Uh, I understand. I never saw it that way. Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> Amen. Building yeah, tents. Um, just really, um, I think everyone, we just need to empower each other. Um, as we were talking backstage, online backstage, it's really a place <laughs> or, or we should really collaborate instead of compete with each other. So with that being said, bro, I want to really dive. But before we um, start, we always start this conversation by asking our guest, I want to ask you three things you're grateful for today or anything that you want to thank God for. Wow. 
you're asking me, no? So, okay. Oh, that's a very good question. Actually, just want to share with you. When I was, when I became Catholic uh, five years ago, when I became Catholic again, or born again Catholic, you might say, I discovered this app called the Examine Reimagined. And one of the things that pinapagawa doon is to just be grateful about what God has given you. So very timely yung ano mo, kasi kahapon, I started redoing no my gratitude uh, attitude of gratitude. So for today, I'm grateful because uh, I am with someone like you who's very passionate with this mission and evangelization, specifically on the message of authentic manhood and you know marriage and family life. I've seen your posts and your videos. These are very good blessings to the church that we need now. And on a personal note, I'm also grateful because I finished today. No, my uh, first day of my annual uh, formation or seminar on philosophy and theology. I have I receive a constant formation for our growth in the faith because we cannot give what we do not have. I believe. Amen. No, so as uh, Catholic influencers, we also have to form ourselves and have mentoring, have spiritual direction, and I'm just grateful for the opportunities God has given me today, specifically today, to be reminded of important truths about our faith. Amen. Wow, I love it. Thank you. Kau, ano ba? question What are you thankful for? <laughs> oh yeah, good... uh, I'm really thankful about this episode because you know uh, I love to talk about Catholic manhood. It's really I think our church needs more men. Um, not just um, of course we need more lay leaders, but we also need real men in the clergy. Of course, it's not right. our area to talk about but we just really need men to stand up for the church because good men uh, can be good leaders that will really create change in this world so that's it um second is i was able to really um because it's a holiday i really decided to take it slower so um i was able to play with my son have a great conversation with my wife this morning and I was really, I was really able to write and design something I've been thinking about um, the past few days. So that was my day. So you and so that's what I'm something I'm great. Those are some of the things I'm grateful for today. Um, you know, for those who are wondering why I always um, start my episodes with gratitude, because you know God's blessings are always upon us, always surrounding us. And no matter how bad the day is, God is still good. And Amen. there's always something to be grateful for. All right. So, um, Burns, I just really want to dive in. Um, so let's talk about Catholic manhood. Today, in your um, eyes, through your lens, um, especially because you were non-Catholic at one, at one some point, and now you're leading um, students, you're leading people, and all of those things, you're doing a lot of things. What is the current state of men or manhood? You know, I would always say, uh, Kuya J. Paul, that there is a crisis in catechesis in the church today. And I describe that as many people being highly sacramentalized but insufficiently catechized. And for that reason, a lot of people will leave the church. But in all, apart from focusing on that particular aspect of our faith, I think there is also what we can call some sort of confusion in masculinity. Some Catholic speakers are saying that there is uh, a, an ongoing stereotype of what a man should be. And sometimes this stereotype, this image of what a man should be is not really 
what is being revealed to us by the scriptures. In fact, Saint Jose Maria Escriva said, there is a need for us Catholics to launch a crusade of manliness and purity to counteract and undo the savage work of those who think that man is a beast. Yes. You know, when, when, when I read from Saint Jose Maria Escriva is the patron of ordinary life, He's the founder of this family within the church called Opus Dei. And its message is really to redeem everything in Christ, no? to, to make holy everything that is ordinary and you know, restore it to its proper dignity, manhood included. So when I was trying to reflect, saan ang gagaling yung sinasabi ni Saint Jose Maria that there is this uh, you know, ongoing stereotype that man is a beast? Look at how Hollywood, Western culture would depict manhood. You know, it should be strong. You know, a man should know how to have, hold the gun. Diba? Kailangan marunong kang manuntok. Diba? Parang there is, an, there is this stereotype na kailangan mo maging violente, kailangan mo maging subversive for you to prove that you are manning up. In mm-hmm. fact, for my students, I, I, I work in high, in high school, right? All boys school ito. So they would ask me questions like, Sir, I don't want to be a loser. And when I would ask them, what do you mean by a loser? Someone who cries in front of people. Someone who shows his real emotions. Someone who asks questions. And, you know, someone who humbles himself. And this is unfortunate because many people are thinking that para ikaw ay maging tunay na lalaki, dapat, ano ka, no, brusco. Dapat atletik ka. Dapat malaki ang katawan mo. Dapat magaling kang sumuntok, magaling kang makipag-away. At pag hindi mo ba ginawa itong mga ito, ibig bang sabihin yan, hindi ka tunay na lalaki? You know, one of the defining moments of my college life, when I say defining moment, something that I could not forget, is when I was hearing a conversation between my literature professor and someone in our class, whom you may think na medyo... Katulad ko, payat din siya, no? ang dami niyang insecurities. And then, nagyayaya kasi yung professor namin mag-hiking. And then kami, inaya kami. But then for me, you know, kasi hindi ako sporty, Kuya J. Paul. No? I, my, my way of uh, spending my time is talking to people, helping them, studying, reading, writing. That's how I, you know, live most of my free time. Because I did not get used to, you know, having these wild adventures, uh, you know, playing sports. Although I don't, you, you know, see them in a wrong way. And then nung inaya kami nung professor namin, sabi nung friend ko, but I am not sporty. Then, some, then he started saying na minsan nga iniisip daw niya na bakit hindi siya katulad ng ibang lalaki na who's into this you know, wild adventures. And you know what my literature professor told him and told me in effect? What are your interests? He said reading books, you know, studying, helping people. And, and, and then that's, and my professor said, you may not be an athletic person. You may not be as active as other people or you may not be as macho as your friends. But through your reading of books, through helping and loving people, through your humility, that's how you're expressing your God's gift of masculinity. And that blew me away. I was like, wow, what is in this particular message of masculinity that even humility, even our apparent weakness can be an expression of that. It was yeah. a new revolutionary idea for me, Kuya J. Paul. And I was, and I was a Protestant at that time. Na parang iniisip ko, oh, nga, no, no, parang ang ganda no sinabi niya. And that planted seed because the one who said that was a devout Catholic. And I was wow. like, saan niya hinuhugot itong sinasabi niya? And then, you know, I, we had more classes in, in literature. And, and then we studied this very ancient uh, epic called Iliad. 
I don't know kung narinig mo na yung Iliad, no? But I will yeah, not yeah, yeah, say, yeah. I will not uh, give the whole story para long pwede yung i-research, no? Very long story. Isang semester namin pinag-aralan. And then he told me another thing that really struck me, no? Yung, just to summarize, the, the story of Iliad is about a warrior who wanted to prove his, about a warrior culture, and that is the Greek culture, who wanted yes. to prove their masculinity through rage and fury. Waging war, you know, uh, getting yes. ladies as trophies and yes. making women as reward. Yes. But then you know what? At the end of the story, at the 24th chapter, Hector, the one who was the protagonist, got everything that he wanted. And yet he was unhappy. He got the trophy. He won the war. Okay, I forgot if it was Hector or another person, but this is the gist, no? He got all those signs all those uh, public labels of him being a man. And yet, at the end of the story, he was dissatisfied. He was empty. And you know what fulfilled him? What fulfilled him was when he started forgiving, when he started seeing humanity in another person, when he started becoming humble. And that professor of literature suddenly pointed out, no? Sa classroom kami, very dramatic to Kuya J. Paul. So parang enthralled kami ng story and bigla siya nag-point out. So how then should a man find his purpose and meaning? So lahat kami nag-iisip. Bigla niyang tinuro yung cross. Take a good heart look at that man on the cross. And that's how you will see what a man should be. I was blown away. I was blown away. For me, bagus akin yung idea ng authentic masculinity. Bagus akin yung idea na yung crucifix pala. Ay, you know, pagpapaalala ng aking pagkalalaki. Kasi dati nga, pinasunog ko sa nanay ko yung crucifix na yan. Kasi ka, <laughs> protestante ako eh, di ba? But you know what? When I took a hard look at Jesus on the cross, that's where I saw, this is what a man is. Not what the society is saying. Not what the you know what is society defining for us. Yes. So you know, yes. so Jesus, who is fully God and fully human, in Him we find the perfect image of the dignity of humanity. And there, in the life of Jesus, we see the life that we are called to live as men on mission. And I would you know think na wow, kung gusto mo maging tunay na lalaki, arali natin yung buhay ni Kristo. Nandun ang tunay na imahe ng ating dignidad bilang mga lalaking katoliko-kristyano. So beautiful. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thanks be to God. All of this, you know, Kuya J. Paul, I did not invent this. We are just mouthpieces of what we have learned. Di ba? Lahat itong mga sinasabi natin. This has been revealed to us 2,000 years ago. It's just a matter of unboxing them so that we could appreciate. Yeah. And, and you know, um, I, can, I can relate because... Um, I've been an athlete all my life. Uh, I've grown in athlete. It's just really my natural gifts. Uh, if you see right. how big my legs are, talagang grabe talaga. That's true. Like, it's 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 who I am. But I also love. So um um if you you, you follow my IG, so you see I work out a lot because right. um I I find for some reason I really find my prayer time after working out. You when I'm really tired, that's when I really read the word. So. That's that's weird, that but that's just really how I experience God in 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 my own weird way. But you know, I I would agree with you, brother, because um, that's not when I feel masculine. I feel fit. Of course, I feel healthy. But I feel most 
masculine when I sacrificed for my wife. Amen. When, Amen. That's true. when my son is crying or just a while ago, I was thinking, oh, it's holiday. I can do a lot of writing today. But my son was looking at me and, no, I'm going to spend two hours. I'm just going to embrace him and, and play with him. And I love it because it's in our Catholic tradition also that when we play, it's also our declaration of faith with God. So for me, you know, I know that when I play with my family, right? really playing with toys, that the devil can't touch us because the, you know, the blessed mother is protecting us. You know, God is with us. The holy family is with us. And I would just really want to, you know, just I'm sharing that to add to what you're saying as that's because I'm on that side, you know, like, but I know, I, I understand. I mean, I, ah, so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. And, you so, know, yeah, I mean, yeah, go ahead, please. Sure. Go ahead, John Paul. No, actually, bro, for, sorry, I forgot to tell you. I'm Jeremiah. Oh, sorry, Jeremiah Paul. Yes, <laughs> very, very I always assume that Jeremiah Paul is John Paul. No, right? Sorry okay. for that. Just because Pope John Paul rose. So anyway, that's what right. people mostly do. I forget to tell people all the time. Anyway, um, yeah. Um, so yeah, um, I just want to tell you, my mom was bedridden with me um, three months to nine months. And she finished the Bible and... You know, they said this kid won't die. So, and she really liked the story of Jeremiah and Paul. So, tada, that's me. Anyway, um, because you love the Bible, let's talk about this. Um, let's talk about Augustine, because Augustine is one of my saints, and I think a lot of um, men can will be able to relate with him. He was right. he was not even Christian. <laughs> he had a different faith. Um, right. had a child before marriage, just really was into a lot of chicks. Um, and then, you know, for some reason becomes a bishop. Like that's really you know, you would always usually, you know, <laughs> like he would become a bishop. Um how would you relate? Um, how can you tell our men right now who are lost in whatever brokenness or, or sin and all of those things? About the life of Augustine and relating it to what Catholic manhood is should be today. Right. You know, the story of St. Augustine is one uh, of the best ways to illustrate that in our Christian life, God does not call the qualified, but he qualifies whom he calls. What do I mean by that? See, St. Augustine is a young bishop. No? He became a bishop and not just a bishop, but I think a doctor of the church. And yes. when someone is declared as a doctor of the church, he, it means that he is a theologian, you know, or, or who's really very influential in the thinking, not just of his community, but of the entire Catholic church. And he, is, he, he said something that I think is related to the example of Ilya that I gave earlier. Remember in the Greek culture, when Homer wrote Iliad, he was making a social commentary. Nagre-reklamo siya. Because many of the Greeks were thinking that for them to have fulfillment in life, they must amass wealth, they must win wars, they must win women. No? And for St. Augustine, it's something similar. He lived his life trying to live in the, with the pleasures of the world, you know, yeah. sex before marriage, you know, uh, 
you know, as you mentioned, nagkaanak siya out of wedding. He was worldly. He was like an epitome of the present uh, misconception about masculinity na for you yeah. to become a man, kailangan meron kang bisyo, no? kailangan naninigarilyo ka, kailangan umiinom ka, kailangan nagkaklub ka. We don't know if St. Augustine did that. I haven't read the whole uh, confessions yet. But the story of how he transformed to the grace of God is a testimony that only in looking at Jesus on the cross, that only in our full surrender to the plan of God, that we will find fulfillment. Why? Kasi hindi naging masaya si St. Augustine. Sa dami ng pinurso niya, no? only to look for happiness. That's why he wrote in Confessions, You know me so well, Lord, that my heart will forever be restless until it rests on you. And what does, and I know, it, it now brings us to a reflection. What does resting on God means? Resting on God could mean many things to many people, but I would like to propose that resting on God means that we are accepting the fact that we are His children. Sure. And that is actually the main difference of Christianity among all the other religions. Christ addressed God as Father and thus asking us to do the same. So, Burns, what is the significance of us being the children of God? That means that we carry in ourselves by virtue of our baptism the very identity of God. So kahit tayo nalulun sa droga, tayo ay nambababae, tayo ay, tayo ay nanluloko or kahit anumang kasalanan yung ating ginagawa, it doesn't change the fact that we are children of God and that God is longing for us just as the father was longing for the prodigal son to return. And mind you, it needs only one opening, one little miracle for God's grace to draw in. And you know, if you're going to ask me for a message to those who are having difficulty in terms of morality, just give Christ one chance to open your heart, one little opening, and that could lead to a lot of many things. And then, you know, just to add, no, this is a bit theological, but St. Paul is telling us in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And the example of Christ is the identity of Christ. It's an invitation for us Catholic men to remember. I, I watched your video, Kuya J. Paul, no? when you were really so passionate about redeeming the, the authentic meaning of Catholic masculinity. You were saying that, uh, that men are leaders, providers, and protectors. And if I may add to that, a deeply theological truth about our identity as men and as people of God is we are called to be priests, prophets, and kings. So, Let's remember, no? While you are far away from the faith, perhaps you're trying to enjoy the pleasures of life. At the, end, at the back of your mind, remember that God is calling you to a life of holiness. God is calling you to fulfill your mission. We are men on mission. And what's our mission? To be priests, to be prophets, and to be kings. Ano ibig sabihin, no? no? So let's unbox those three briefly. So, Sabi mo kanina, Kuya J. Paul, you become a man, more of a man, when you sacrifice for your wife or for your family. And that's being the priest of the family, right? So being the priest is, you know, living the sacrificial, self-giving love and being the first sacrament of the family. You know, let me tell you a little anecdote. I was, I was on my annual retreat last year and I was reflecting. I was talking to God in the Blessed Sacrament and I was, tell, I was asking him, Lord, what do you want me to do? You know, I grew up without a father. 
I, I learned the idea of masculinity by looking at you and looking at the life of the other men in my life. Are you calling me to become a father, like a priest? Or you're calling me to become a father of a family, you know, a biological family? Mm. And then it dawned on me that I desire to, be able to become a priest because there in the priesthood is the dignity of being able to offer the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord in the Mass through the Eucharist. But then yes. in that prayer, I realized that even you, J. Paul, is not a minister of the church, even though you cannot be consecrating the Eucharist and transforming the bread and wine into the body, blood, and soul and divinity of our Lord, you are called to become a priest of your family. And yes. in fact, you are the first sacrament that your children will witness. No, ano yung sabihin natin na ang tata yung unang sacramento? Hindi hubat ang turo sa atin ng simbahan yung sacramento. Ito yung physical na natanda or physical sign of something that is unseen. What is unseen is God's love and self-giving on the cross and in the Mass. Pero pag nakikita ng mga anak mo na inaalagaan mo yung asawa mo, na nagsasakripisyo ka kahit mahirap, then that's how they see God's love. And that's how you become the priest of your family. And then you become a prophet when you tell them about the faith, when you pass on the faith. And you become a king precisely when you lead, when you protect, and when you, you, know, you provide for your family. So it's a beautiful vision of masculinity that God has revealed to us through the Bible and also through the scriptures. You know, I just really want to honor you, bro. It just really dawned on me. I just really feel God speaking to me. For you, for example, what crazy guy would create content um, on, you know, Catholicism? Uh, but I feel like, you know, the same blessing that God has given Scott Han is being poured out on you. Because God is providing for you, bro. God is expanding your territory and I really believe God's Thanks favor God. is upon you. And I just really felt that you really need, just really want to share that blessing to you. Um, just really, I think as men, we need to speak declarations of hope and grace and blessing. Uh, that's, that's, we want to create that. Anyway, I love what everything that you're saying, brother. Um, let's, ah, ganda. I, I love let's reflect earlier. Uh, I just really want to geek out, but really trying for my sure. best to not uh, to simplify it for our guests, but because I, I I love the trail of thought. Um, um, you, I love what you said earlier. Um, for those who are dealing with morality issues, that to give Jesus a chance. Okay, so I'm gonna give you a few examples. For example, you know, I'm a man that feels broken. You know, burns. Indeed, you don't understand. I'm broken. I'm lost. How can I give Jesus a chance? Sarado nga simbahan ngayon ni. You know, all of those things. Can you give our, our men uh, practical to spiritual ways, simple ways that they can open their heart to God, even as liver? Right. I would always remember the story. Uh, yeah, there's this book that was published by Pope Francis. It's called uh, The Name of God is Mercy. And the, it, I don't know if you, if you guys have read ah, that book. It's I wonderful. It. It's fantastic. So yes. And in one of the chapters there, there is this story of a soldier who was about to die and he asked for a priest for confession. And then he, so the priest came, no? And then nung nag-uusap na sila, kukumpisal na siya, sabi nung lalaki, Father, paano ako magkukumpisal sa'yo? 
how can I confess to you if I have enjoyed every single sin that I have committed? And then the priest was taken aback. Why is this guy asking me to hear his confession if he is not repentant? Right? Mm -hmm. And then the, the, the priest asked, I mean, the, the, the penitent said, Father, if I will be given a chance to do everything again and again, I would have done so. But you know what? The mercy of God doesn't give up on us. The mercy, on, the mercy of God pursues us just as a man will pursue someone na niniligawan niya. That's how yeah. crazy, that's how madly in love our God is. So through that priest, the priest asked the man, okay, perhaps through the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, you're telling me that you're not sorry with whatever you've done, but you want to go back to God and you don't know how to repent. But are you at least sorry that you are not sorry? That was the small opening, Jay Paul. That was the wow. crack that was needed to open that life of grace for this man who was so broken, who was so distant on the, from the church. And then the man said, yes, Father, I am sorry for not being sorry. And he received the absolution. Now, for Amen. those who are rigid in morality, would declare, oh, hindi valid yung confession na yan kasi wala naman true repentance, eh, di ba? But then from the eyes of God, that opening, which is, all, which is by the way, between that God, uh, that man and God alone, could have yes. been an opening of grace. So what am I saying? Okay, I understand that it must be very hard for you to be living in darkness. Because I have also taught in, in mentoring in spiritual direction, which we do in the school and in boxing Catholicism community, we have spiritual direction. We People come to us with several problems. One, <laughs> problematic marriages. I, I would find people asking me about problematic marriages, even though I am not yet married. Sometimes it's baffling, like they are asking me questions about marriage. But, you know, I just refer them to people or, you know, just pray with them and, you know, tell them what the church is teaching. But then a good number of young guys, even in the school where I'm teaching, would say, Sir, how can I really change if paulit-ulit na lang yung kasalanan ginagawa ko? I would go to confession today, I'll do the same tomorrow. Simple lang yung sinasabi ko sa kanila. How often do you eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner in your life? And then they would say, Sir, daily, why would you eat? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, if tomorrow magugutom ka lang din naman ulit. Sir, if I will not do that, then I, I, will not, I will die, right? Same with our spiritual life. You might think na walang epekto sa'yo yung paulit-ulit mong pagpunta sa kumpisal, yung paulit-ulit mong pagbimisa, but God is working. You are not seeing it, but God is trying to chip away something in your life that you've been holding so dear that you can't even surrender. And when that critical, when you reach a spiritual critical mass, God will just make a big blow in your life and you'll be surprised. Wow, thank God I've been, giving the, I've been given the grace of perseverance. I did not give up. And finally, I saw the light. Okay, so now, medyo theoretical siya, no? medyo spiritual. So what's the practical? When I say, give God the chance, wag nating iwasan yung mga spiritual matters. Kasi minsan may mga tatay, no? I, I know some parents who will not attend spiritual activities because iniisip nila either alam ko na yan or number two, parang nakakahina siya emotionally or nakakababa ng pagkalalaki, di ba? Pagka you're attending something that is soft. May mga tao kasi nag-iisip ng ganun. Let's 
let's try to hear out no what the what the church is telling us about right. our identity as fathers let's try to hear out what the bible most importantly is showing us about our mission as fathers as and as, and as men and you know again i am not yet married most of these things that i am telling you are just with my experience as a single person it, it helps to be surrounded by like-minded people to be in a community where there is mm. fellowship so it could be the feast you know it could be in unboxing catholicism or your parish or couples yes. for christ now why is yeah. it important to have a community because we are weak human beings and why are we weak because of homes peccati the stain of original sin that's why we have to help one another diba? men sharpens men sharpen another men right so we have we are called to help one another in the context of community because on our own we are weak and mm. you know to tell you honestly kuya j paul and as for myself we don't deserve anything that we are doing now and I know. yet god has chosen us because at one point in our lives brother bo sanchez have inspired you to become a feast builder kirby liaban has inspired me to become a podcaster there are always people helping us. Let us not be afraid to reach out because once we reach out and empty our hands, that's when God will pull us out of the rut. From darkness, He will bring us to light. Yeah. I mean, just to connect what you were saying, just this uh, morning, that was actually one of my reflections during my prayer, daily readings, prayer time. That sometimes God allows certain nudges in life right, right. to lead us back to where He wants us to be. Because that's how loving He is. Basically, ang question, sino mag-a-adjust, ikaw o si Lord? <laughs> si Lord na ngayon nag-a-adjust, Kuya J. Paul. Inahanap niya tayo, you know, God reveals His manifold mm. wisdom even in little things, di ba? Minsan may makikita ka lang post ni J. Paul and then you will already be inspired. This is what I need today. Minsan meron ka lang maririnig na usapan, di ba? And yet you will realize a lot of things. God is as crazy as that. I would use that analogy, uh, that adge- adjective. God is crazy because even though we turn him down so many times, he will never be tired of wanting us back. Why? Because we are his children. We Amen. are his children. Amen. And that fact, will never ever change that divine filiation in theology we call that technically divine filiation na tayo ay anak ng Dios let's try to reflect on that iba nga yung prodigal son ganun din lumayo siya naglaya siya and yet god was there notice na nung dumating siya sa bahay from the distance the father saw him and the father ran for him that's what god is doing to us just Amen. give him one opening he will run Kaya nung Protestant pa ako, I learned this song, When God Ran. Yes, I, love I love that, that song. song. I love that song because that is so true. I love it. Thank you, Burns. Uh, Amen. We, we want to really talk more about this. Um, you know, just want to share to you and everyone that's watching. So many women are messaging me online. Lahat na ng platform, Facebook, link, LinkedIn. Twitter, um, IG, and it's different from heartbroken single girl, heartbroken married girl, <laughs> single mom, and, and all of those things. Um, right, in right. In this world that 
um, more women are harmed and hurt and broken because a lot some men don't rise up. Amen. Uh, That's true. And, and Sigur, as a man, bro, can you address women? Let, maybe as a man, in behalf of all the men, can you say something to the women who have been hurt by men? Right. I think the first thing that I would want to tell everyone is on behalf of all men, including J. Paul and myself, we would like to apologize for those instances when you were heartbroken, when you know uh, we did not live up to our vocation. You know, it's a vocation. Being a Christian gentleman is a vocation. And I would just want to say, apart from sorry, please help us. Help us by praying for us and help us by, you know, being instruments to remind us of our dignity, you know, by, by, affirming, uh, by affirming our mission. Sometimes we need slaps in the face, eh, di ba? Minsan may mahalagang tanong dyan, eh. Ito ba, pwede nating tanong, eh. Let's say may boyfriend ka, di ba, na hindi ka binagbubuksan ng pinto, hindi ka hinahatid. Siguro the way to wake up this guy is tell him, alam mo, I don't feel that you are caring for me. I don't feel like you are, you know, giving me importance as a woman. You're not affirming me enough. And sometimes yung mga statements na ganyan, some men will take that as nagging, but for some other men, it will be like a wake-up call. Baka yes. for all we know, they don't know that that's how they're supposed to behave. Sampalin natin sila sa katotohanan. Sampalin nyo kami sa katotohanan. If there are things that we are doing and you think that this is not in congruence with the dignity of a man, then yeah. I think women must also, you know, try to wake us up. And that's the complementarity of our sexes. The church is telling us that men and women are equal in their dignity, but different in their roles. So yes. we help each other. And, you know, on the other hand, we men, tayo mga lalaki, we have the duty to uphold the dignity of women. In fact, I would, you know, I, 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 St. John Paul II, the proponent of the theology of the body, tell us, tells us in, in this document called Mulieres Dignitatem, very ano siya, no, technical siya, but what St. John Paul II is telling us is very easy to understand. Each man must look within himself to see whether she, the woman who has, who has been entrusted to him as a sister in humanity or as a spouse, has not become in his heart an object of adultery. Medyo malalim yung sinabi ni St. John Paul II, pero ang summary, ang summary lang yan, lalaki, tignan mo kung pinahahalagahan mo o ipinaglalaban mo ang dignidad ng babae. That's right. Babae, tignan mo kung nagpapakatotoo ka, kung nakikita mong, kung, tignan mo kung ang lalaki sa buhay mo ay sinasabuhay ang kanyang bukasyon bilang isang kristyano at bilang lalaki. At kung hindi, sampalin mo siya. Buhayin mo siya, dali mo siya sa katotohanan, explain the, the truth in, in clarity and charity. Sometimes kasi immature yung mga kalalakihan. I, I believe no, na, na mas nauna nagmamature ang babae kesa sa lalaki. In a relationship, I see this a lot in young people. In, in a dating relationship, yung babae, iniisip na yung future, ilang anak yung kanilang, uh, ano, magkakaroon sila, ilang anak sa pamilya, anong business ang gagawin nila. 
Pero yung lalaki, ang iniisip pa lang, hala, paano ako magle-level up sa ML? No? Ano kaya ang susunod na pwede kong gawin? Sometimes may ganyang factor. Yeah. So, maganda na merong constant communication. No? There is a clarity. You know, sabi ka sa atin ni Jason Everett, don't be a wimp. <laughs> if you're trying to date a woman, pursue her with clarity. Wow. And mag-usap tayo because we, we cannot left the other person hanging. We cannot left the other person guessing ano yung intentions natin. Kung meron pa ba pag-asa kung ano bang nangyayari, especially now, medyo uncertain yung pandemic, no? Baka meron tayong dinidate kayo, suddenly bigla na lang nawala. Hindi na natin alam kung ano mangyayari. So let's try to, to, to defend, to cherish that womanhood, that dignity of a woman by also trying to avoid causing further pain in her heart. No, and the same, likewise for women, uh, we need reminders from time to time. <laughs> Men need reminders, so we would appreciate if women can give us their uh, frank <laughs> chastisement, or I don't know how do you call that. That's my yeah, take on that, Kuya. Yeah, that's I agree with you because a real, as what you said earlier, a real man with can take it. Yes, there's an yes, ego. Of course, it will hurt your yeah, ego for true. one hour, two hours, two days. But if you are re- a real man, you will rise above it. Because as what we were talking about, ni Burns, this this uh this during this conversation, a real man is not just about you know carrying heavy stuff, going out the yeah. hiking, but it's really um being like Jesus Christ. It's Amen. it's that humility. It's it's that self sacrifice. It's it's that clarity. It's being um as what Burns said, going back to our our our, our, our church design as priest prophet and and king and i just want to honor you bro that's right everything you're saying is is what men need and women oh nga, that's right um thank you for that we uh, need to ladies, help each other i think <laughs> yeah because eh, um ladies help us kasi kayo rin may kinabang. <laughs> <laughs> you can put it that way yeah um amen 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 wow uh i want to Move a bit to your life, bro. You said earlier that you were you uh, you asked your mom to burn the 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 signs, and you were um a non-Catholic. You were anti-Catholic Protestant, and just you know share what you can about your journey, um to getting to know Jesus through this faith, your relationship with the Blessed Mother. I don't know. Just share whatever you want. I, I know this is a beautiful story. Sure, with the little time that we have left, I, no, I'll no, try my best share, to... Please share. We'll go over time. If we, yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. Let's see. I mean, you know, God has been gracious. As I would always tell people, my story of conversion is not really my story, but merely a story of how, of how God has moved in my life. Uh, like many Catholic Filipinos who are born here in the Philippines, I was born into the faith, baptized into the faith, and didn't really learn more about about the faith because of perhaps lack of a regular Christian formation. I was goes, going to the motion of tradition and without really knowing formation. So again, you know, dasal, rosary, we went to mass. Every Sunday we would go to mass. In fact, there's this funny anecdote. No, I was asking my mom when we attended the Tagalog mass, Ma, what's the meaning of Cordero ng Diyos? Of course, I couldn't blame my mom because she also didn't have that much of uh, formation during that time. Or I don't know if she was just kidding. Kasi sabi niya sa akin, uh, I, I think anak yan yung notebook kung saan sinusulat ni Papa Jesus yung pangalan ng mga naligtas na. 
And I believed in that for so many years. Right now, I would love to confront my mom after this episode and ask, ask her if it was a joke. And then later on, when I became Catholic, you know, it was grabe. This is embarrassing. It was only in college that I have realized that cordero means lamb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's that cordero is notebook. So parang, oh no. So Adami, you know, you know what I'm saying? Um, there are little things about our faith that I took for granted and I didn't understand that. And I had lots of questions. You know, I, I started reading the scriptures when I was in grade five and grade six. That it was Gideon's International who gave me the first copy of my New Testament. And I really loved the parables. I was reading the parables. I was even creating my own version of parables and sending up to sending them out to my friends for them to solve. Para naging game namin yung parable guessing, no? I would make talinhaga or parable, pahulaan ko what that means. And I learned that from Jesus in, in the Gospels, no? But then for me, the Bible was just like that. It was just like a novel. And then when I came to high school, things became a little bit more different because now I'm exposed to people of other faiths. And then they would ask me very interesting questions like, why do Catholics worship Mary and the saints? And I couldn't under- answer that because while I know that I never worship Mary and the saints, I couldn't even understand why we have Mary and the saints. And then they would start asking me, okay, saan yung bi- saan sa Bible yung purgatory? What about the papacy? And then they started inviting me to these Bible studies. And of course, I went there. You know why? Because my crush was attending as well. And I really wanted to spend time with her, you know, just to really uh, unpack the word and at the same time grow closer to her. And then, man, you know, I started admiring these Protestant friends that I had, these evangelicals, because for whatever questions that I had, they always had the Bible verse on top of their head. And it was like, how come they know a lot of the scriptures? How come they know a lot of the Bible? And then they started, you know, really shaking my Catholic faith. And unfortunately, during that time, uh, I did not really have the opportunity to meet Catholics who could explain the faith, Catholics who knew the Bible. In fact, unfortunately, I would meet Catholics who were contra- living lives contrary to the gospel. You know? I would not go into the details, but you know what I mean. And on the other hand, I would see born-again Christians struggling to be holy praising God and, you know, serving Him honestly and with excellence. And that testimony of joy was very influential to me. So to cut the long story short, even though I was resisting, you know, trying to convert. In fact, ito pa, just another side note, no? During my second year in high school, I became active in this organization called Mary Help of Christians Crusade. So dinadala yung, uh, yung statua ni Mama Mary to different you know, schools. And then one time, I was the one assigned to carry the statue of Our Lady of Fatima to you know, parade it in the school community. And I could vividly remember the assistant principal whispering to me something that I only realized after so many years. Sabi niya, you know, Burns, Mama Mary will surely bless you. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know kung anong naging meaning no, no? Until such time, I came back to the church. So now, to cut the long story short, on my last year in high school, I gave in and I attended the youth services of a protest of an evangelical community near our school. And at first, I thought it was weird. People were raising their hands, praying to Jesus, you know, singing praise and worship songs, speaking in tongues and stuff like those. But then I saw again testimony of joy. And joy is important in Christian life. When you are living your faith with joy, and simplicity, 
you are lighting up the world the world with faith and love and that's an important point that i wanted to communicate so when these people you know gave me that good example of living the christian life slowly i, I got interested to know more about protestantism and, and then they would you know give me answers to my deep questions like why am i here uh, at that time i also read rick warren's purpose driven life and you know all the more i thought that wow how come i've never had this experience of deep communion of deep relationship with god and i thought perhaps the catholic church is wrong and so i started attending regular bible studies they gave me my first full bible is the new king james version i would always remember reading that book it's now filled with annotations and with highlights and there no and i just fell in love with the experience of being in fellowship with people so passionate about the gospels passionate about jesus and then i slowly started comparing the sunday services of my born again church to the catholic mass how come the catholic mass is so boring how come the choir is out of tune how come i cannot concentrate how come i cannot even learn as much bible verses compared to what i am experiencing in my protestant church and so there i was with all those shallow feedback that i had because i didn't know better i started leaving the catholic church and then there i was wanting to serve god even more because it felt like god has called me out of the darkness and has brought me into the light and it's now my duty to bring my family out of these clutches of the church of rome <laughs> because i started reading uh protestant writers like martin luther and all of these uh uh other you know apologists they are saying so many things so many things that were shocking me like the mass is the recrucifixion and the murder of christ you know it's the it's a devil's ritual the the, the catholic church have invent has invented purgatory has added seven books to the bible the apocrypha and you know the pope is just a recent invention it the pope is the antichrist so you can see all of these misconceptions crept into my heart and that was my first exposure to christian doctrine and it was not catholic well to be fair i had catechists as teachers way back grade five and grade six and to some extent even in high school but i i don't know why it didn't register to me that's not their fault perhaps it's mine but again looking back i think it's the plan of god that i would have a detour outside of rome so that i could you know give a tour guide to people who will go to rome you know that's an, that's an imagery so i became a protestant and i realized that god has called me into the ministry of preaching i became one of the leaders of our church you know our church had the uh, uh, 12 leaders the pastors would disciple 12 leaders it's the g12 movement i think that that time i don't know if you guys have heard of g12 and, and that's it no and <laughs> sorry now i know what church you can you join <laughs> Right, right. I, I joined the, the G12 movement. And then, again, to cut, I don't know how I can shorten the story, Jay Paul. No? No, so I came to a university. Sure, sure. So I, I came to a university for college. This university is very secular in its orientation, but very Catholic in its identity. The name of the university is University of Asia and the Pacific. And there, I was exposed for the first time with real Catholic systematic theology. So take yeah. note, dung pumasok ako ng college, ang impressions ko, mali ang simbahang katoliko, all Catholics are going to hell, that they worship Mary and the saints, the Pope is the Antichrist and the devil in flesh, and the priests don't know the Bible. 
And there in that school, I met Catholics who knew how to explain the Bible. I met Catholics who would take a break from a long day's work or from school, would go to the chapel just to read the Bible. And that intrigued me. I was like, am I seeing this? Are they just acting up? Is this a, is this a show that's being put up for Protestants here to see? And, you know, I, I started developing authentic friendship with real Catholic men, men who knew how to express their masculinity by, by serving God in spirit of piety and humility, you know? So I inspired ako sa kanila and then I started, you know, befriending them and they start asking me questions. Questions which did not offend me, but questions which made me think. For example, right. I'll give you one question among so many questions that they asked me. I would always tell people, and I'm sure, uh, Jay Paul, you would hear this from our non-Catholic friends, hindi naman mahalaga yung religion eh. Ang mas mahalaga ay yung ating personal relationship with Christ. Because religion will not save you. It's our relationship with Christ that will save us. So that was like my, uh, that was like my main message before. Until one Catholic friend asked me, Burns, do you understand the etymology or the, the root word of the word religion? I never asked myself that. And then I, I asked myself, ano nga ba? Religion came to, from the Latin word religare. And you know what that means? I said, no, <laughs> because I never studied Latin. And then he said, relationship with God. Religion, once properly understood and once properly lived out, is more than behavior modifications. It's more than rituals and images. It's relationship with God. That's right. And then he started sharing with me that the whole of Catholic faith is about Jesus at the center. And I didn't buy that because I thought Catholicism is about all of these unnecessary add-ons, Mary, St. Joseph, and all of those thousands of saints that Catholics would worship. And, you know, again, because of these dealings with Protestants, I had nine units of theology, J. Paul. You know, I was forced <laughs> by the university to take the theology lessons. I started. I immersed myself in the catechism for the first time. I didn't know that thing existed. The catechism of the Catholic Church, which has the official teachings of the church, arranged yeah, in a systematical yeah. manner. I met yeah. priests who would teach scriptures, and that really intrigued me. But, you know, I started regaining my respect for Catholics. And then, you know, what really triggered my conversion? When Pope Francis came here, and I think this is the climax of the story, mm -hmm. you know, I could share a lot of other details, you know, all the Bible verses that I, I learned, but, you know, that's going to bore the hell out of everyone here. <laughs> but this is important. When Pope Francis came here, I started hearing this little nudge, little voice in my head. Of course, not literal. I'm not, <laughs> I don't have any problems, no? Uh, I, I'm just a, a normal person trying to hear God in my prayer. And whenever I would do my devotions, I would, you know, remember the good example of the Catholics in my university, become intrigued at how organized their theology was and how, how it's starting to make sense like it never did before. And how I saw that in the history of the church, the first century Christianity seemed, for me, it seemed, seemed to be Catholic. That disturbed me. And then there's this nudging voice in my head whenever I pray, Burns, did you really study thoroughly the faith that you have left? And then I would tell this voice, it's too late. I want to be a pastor already. I already told our church leader that after college, I'll enter a seminary to become a pastor. And I think that's where God is calling me. But it, that question never left. And it 
you know, culminated when the Pope arrived here, seeing Pope Francis disembarking the papal plane and, you know, going down the stairs. I was just glued on TV with my mother. And before I know it, I was already dabbing my face and I would, and I didn't know that I was already crying. And I was asking myself, why? What's with this man? That attracted me once again to revisit the fate of my childhood. What's with this man that is making me now question, why do Catholics have a Pope and I don't have one? And you know, that's a, that's a nagging question. And then I posted something on Facebook that went like, finally, Lolo Kiko is here. I'm not a Catholic Christian, but I do hope that we Catholic, that Catholics or non-Catholics alike can be inspired by his message of mercy and compassion. That was a very ecumenical message. But guess yeah. what? When I came back to the church the next Sunday after the service, one of the leaders talked to me and told me, you know, Burns, we think that Satan has deceived you. I was like, why? What's happening? Why would Satan deceive me? And what made you think of that? We saw the post that you made about Pope Francis. Apparently, during that time when I posted that, there was also a prayer meeting being done by the church, my, my non-Catholic church at that time. They were praying for the Holy Spirit to guide people not to be deceived by Pope Francis. Again, through no fault of their own, our Protestant brethren, I'm not saying all, but some of our Protestant brethren would think of the Pope as the Antichrist. And I happen to belong to one wing of Christianity that thinks of it that way. And then he told me, you know very well, Burns, that the Pope is the Antichrist. The church is the whore of, the, whore of Babylon, that the Vatican City is the city on, the, on top of the hill, and that the Pope is the devil in flesh. He is the leader of the black mafia that's controlling the church. So all of these conspiracy theories, you know, they were gospel truths in this community. You know what? For the first time in my life, I felt a surge of conviction and I just asked him something that I never thought that I would even ask. Kuya, what if we're wrong? What if all along we just didn't understand what the Catholic Church is teaching? Why are we so against the Catholic Church when in fact I study in a university which is deeply Catholic but I never heard a single criticism about the born-again churches? Yes. <laughs> you know, parang lumabas na sa bibig ko, nabigla lang ako nung tinanong ko yun. <laughs> Nangingilabot ako because I did not realize that I was asking those questions. It's as if I was defying a leader of the Protestant community whom I just started considered to be my family. Yeah. But you know what? That what if stayed with me. And that what if was very powerful that I was told by, my, but by one of our leaders that, you know, Burns, you have to revisit the basics. You have to reread the Bible. You have to pray more because you are now being deceived by the enemy. And so I started doing one thing that I never thought myself would do. Sabi ko sa sarili ko, Lord, gusto kong maging pastor pero hindi pa pwedeng may doubt sa puso ko. I cannot imagine myself standing before my congregation, preaching them about the gospel and not being sure if I was able to really transmit Christianity as it was transmitted to the first century Christianity. So I told myself, Lord, I'm setting myself on a mission. I will discover the errors of the Catholic Church so that once and for all, I can serve you completely. So I went to the university library. I borrowed the full version of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. I saw this book called Biblical Defense of Catholicism by Dave Armstrong. I got it too. I saw this story by Steve Ray called Crossing the Tiber. I got that too. I was so full of pride. 
I was so sure that the Catholics were wrong, but not completely wrong. Because again, tumaas na yung respeto ko sa kanila. And then I started, you know, I saw this book called, and in reading this book, they mentioned this guy called Scott Han, and I, I borrowed his book. I discovered that merong uh, Rome Sweet Home sa library namin. So I would bring home seven books at a time. Thomas Howard, all of these Catholic apologists, Surprised by Truth by Patrick Madrid. I was devouring several books at the same time on apologetics and evangelization. I was listening to Catholic Answers all day long. And man, the tables have turned. I was on a mission to set the Catholic, to, to prove Catholicism to be wrong. But all the more, I start looking at history, not with the biased eyes of a Protestant, but with a sincere seeker of, with, with, with the eyes of a sincere seeker of truth. I saw that the first century Christianity was deeply Catholic. They had a Pope. They believe in those Bible books that were thrown out by Martin Luther. I understood the real, the real history of Protestant Reformation. And I was so afraid. And you know what really shocked me? And you know what really intrigued me? The Eucharist. How, this, how would these Catholics say that they eat Jesus? In fact, I was talking to one of my Protestant mentors during that time. I, I told him, you know, you have to pray for me because I think God is calling me back to Rome. He did not understand at first what I was trying to tell him. And he told me, Burns, bilang mo na lang ako ng pasalubong, maganda naman sa Rome. Eh. No, it's not a vacation in Rome. I feel like God is calling me to become a Catholic again. What? You are going to be a Catholic? You're going to join those cannibals? <laughs> Why cannibals? Because we Catholics believe that we eat the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord. If you're a Catholic and you're mm -hmm. thinking na simbol lang ang tinuturo sa atin ng simbahan, simbol lang naman yung ostya, hindi naman talaga si Lord yan. No! The church is teaching us the most radical doctrine of all. Not just that the Lord, that God became man to redeem us, but God is becoming bread to sustain every us. Every Eucharist, every, every day. Mass. Every and you know day. what? Oh my goodness. I was so I was so blown away. When I started reading John chapter 6, I did not realize that the Eucharist, it was all there all along, unless you eat the bread of Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, you have no life in you. And you know, the, the reaction of the Jews upon hearing that, uh, just to you know, give a short catechesis here, I hope I'm not boring you guys with this oh, long I, I think sharing. People are, you know, the comment sessions are blowing up. So I think people are enjoying. So yeah, go, 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 All right. go. So we'll go, through the, we'll go through our comments later. But I urge you, my dear friends, if you have been away from the church, if you haven't looked at the church with, you know, really objective eyes, look at the writings of the first century Christianity, the church fathers, the, the, all of this are well documented. So in John chapter 6, you know, after the feeding of the thousands of people, the, the Jews were asking Jesus for a sign. Give us a sign that you are the son of God. Our fathers ate manna in the desert. Can you top that? That was like the paraphrase of what was happening in John chapter 6. And then Jesus said, Wala kayo sa gagawin ko. Yung mga lolo ninyo, kumain ng tinapay na galing sa langit, the manna, and now they're dead. Tandaan ninyo, I will give you the bread that when you eat, you will never go thirsty, you will never go hungry. 
of course, the people who were listening to him would naturally say, Lord, give us this bread always. And then he gave them the shock of their lives. Truly, I tell you, I am the bread of life which came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will never perish and will never die and will have an everlasting life. Amen. And that's when the Jews started, nagbubulungan na sila, nagchichismisan. Eh, di ba? Ito yung anak ni Maria at ni Jose? Paano sasabihin niya sa atin na, na yung katawan niya, kakainin natin, ay siya ay nang, hindi pa pala sinasabi, na, paano niya sinasabi, siya ay nanggaling sa langit? Of course, the Lord knew about it. And then the Lord said, do not murmur amongst yourselves. Right? Behold, I tell you, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, and you know guys, when you would, if you would read the Greek, Translation of the New Testament, yung word na ginamit ng Panginoong Diyos sa salitang eat, drink, it's trogon. It's a word that is being used if, the, if what the person is trying to say is the literal chewing and knowing. So tandaan natin yung word na yan, no? trogon. Therefore, the Lord was not you know, giving us a symbol here. The Lord was actually commanding Christians to eat His flesh and eat, you know, drink His blood. Imagine, imagine Brother Bo Sanchez one day telling the feast, you know what, for you to be blessed, you kind of come up, of come up, come up on stage and started chewing my hands and, you know, <laughs> you know, trying to drink my blood. I don't know if, if people would say, oh gosh, this man is crazy. And that's exactly what happened. Slowly, if you'll read John chapter 6 with open eyes and open heart and open soul, you'll see one by one, the disciples of our Lord left him. Why? Because of the teaching on the Eucharist. Yeah. That was the teaching of our faith, my dear ladies and gentlemen, my dear friends, that Jesus took the risk of having people leave him because they didn't want to accept that fact. Yeah. And so in John chapter 6, he turned to the apostles. Are you also going to leave me? Are you also going to leave? You know who said, who, who made the first statement? It was Peter, Peter. the first pope. Yes. Ang sabi ni Peter, no Lord, we understand that you are just speaking that the species of the bread and wine will become the body and blood, soul, and divinity for our Lord. That's what we will call in the church in the next few years, transubstantiation. Do you think that's what Peter said? No. Just as you and I will find it very surprising for Jesus to teach us to eat his flesh and drink his blood, the apostles were also floored. They didn't understand. But what they had was faith. Peter said in John chapter 6, it's a long chapter, please read it after the show. You alone, Lord, have the words of eternal life. To whom shall we go? translate ko sa Tagalog. Lord, hindi ko kayo naiintindihan. Hindi ko alam yung sinasabi ninyo, pero alam ko na kayo ang Diyos at ang salita nyo totoo, maniniwala ako sa inyo kahit hindi ko naiintindihan. And this is a very important biblical fact that I discovered when I was searching, when I was studying the faith. Exactly one year, after that event, no, that event in Capernaum, something under, something happened and that opened the eyes of the apostles. What happened? On the night when he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, giving thanks in the Bible in Greek, Eucharistian, Eucharist, and gave it to his disciples and said, take this, all of you, and eat of it. For this is my body. He did not say, this looks like my body. This is a symbol of my body. No, the Lord who said, let there be light and let there be firmaments in the sky said also, this is my body. 
which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when the supper was ended, he took the chalice and once more giving thanks, gave it to his disciples and said, take this, all of you, and drink from it. From this, For this is the blood of my new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Amen. Do this in memory of me. And at that night, finally, the apostles understood what he meant by eating his flesh and drinking his blood. And he, they, they did not just understand it, they received a mission because at the end of the dinner, Jesus said, do this in memory of me. They had to do that same offering, that same sacrifice 2,000 years ago in each and every Mass. We are not re-sacrificing Jesus. We are making present what was, what was already there 2,000 years ago. And I was so baffled. I was so dumbfounded. I was so surprised at what I was learning and to see that in the first 1,500 years of the church, the Eucharist was never questioned. All the, even some of the early reformers would believe that the Eucharist is indeed the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord. And who started rejecting the belief in the Eucharist? The recent Protestants. Now here's a question that all of us should be asking ourselves, especially if we're not Catholics. What are we going to follow? The traditions of men or the teachings of the scripture? Amen. The scripture is clearly telling us that the Eucharist is not a symbol. The first 1,500 years of Christianity is giving us an anonymous witness that the Eucharist is indeed our Lord. And yet there was a shift in teaching recently in our history, just 100 or 200 years from our time now. Which one should we believe in? Recent introduction to Christian theology or those First century Christians who already believe in the Eucharist even before the Bible was completed. And you know what else surprised me? I really, really did not expect that it was the Catholic Church through the Council of, uh, the Council of Carthage and the Council of Hippo under the guidance of Pope Damasus which compiled the sacred scriptures. Yes. Guys, in the first 300 years of Christianity, and there was no New Testament. Before the New Testament became a written document, it became a sacrament. What do I mean yes. by that? When Christians during that time were talking about the New Testament, they refer to meeting on Sundays on the day of the Lord in the breaking of the bread where they would hear readings from the Old Testament and the Psalms and then they would you know, receive from the apostles and their successors, the priests, the body and blood, soul and divinity of our Lord in the appearance of bread and wine. That was the mm. New Testament. For 300 years, that was it. When yes. did it become a written document? When the Catholic Church started codifying the beliefs of the early Christians, that's when they started meeting in councils to determine which among the Christian writings in circulation today are supposed to be in scriptures. Now, what yes. is the important implication of this? Guys, no ako protestante, when I was a Protestant, I would always say, Everything that we need to believe in should be found explicitly in the Bible and the church has no authority. And when in fact, I would see in clearly documented history that without the church, there is no New Testament to speak of. Amen. I did Amen. not know that. And it was so hard to tell you for a Protestant preacher, for a Protestant leader at the time who wanted to become a pastor, it was so hard. 
And so I started meeting people from different Protestant. I'll try to summarize this last part already. I started meeting with different Protestant leaders from other churches just to get their thoughts. We would, you know, uh, geek out into the Westminster Confession, the teachings of the reformers. I would bring the catechism of the church. I would bring up so many questions. And they would end up saying, telling me, you know, Burns, no one can answer your question. No one can really deal with that because what you're asking us is way too much. These are questions that also we did not consider. What are those questions? Like, <laughs> you know, the source of the Bible, all of these things. And I ended up being more confused because all the more I start rejecting the teachings of the church, all the more that it started making real sense to me. And I did not want that. And so one day, one afternoon, I had to cut classes in the afternoon. I was really affected. If you guys are still students, please don't cut. But I did that because I was so affected. Imagine I was reading Rome Sweet Home in the MRT. I was crying because that man, Scott Han, was saying the same things that are in my heart. Yes. We, we wanted to do the same thing. He had the same questions, and yet he got different answers. And that those answers led, led him and his family to the Catholic faith, and I was so afraid. And so after one afternoon of dealing with these Protestant leaders, I just came back to the university and I found myself in the chapel. UANP had the chapel. It's called Stella Maria, Stella Ori ah, Stella Oriental so Oratory. One of the most beautiful chapels I've ever seen in my life. Anyway, please go Amen. Ahead. And you know what? I don't know why I went there. It's just as if my, my feet brought me there, right? And I started kneeling for the first time in front of the statue of Mary. I was already <laughs> crying and shaking. And I was telling her, I don't know what I'm doing here. I told her, you know what? My pastor told me that you can't hear me. My pastor told me, and I became emotional whenever I say this part, told me that I am committing the sin of idolatry just by the mere fact of me kneeling before you and talking to you. But right now, I don't know why I'm here. And whether you hear me or not, Mary, I want to give you one last chance. I am so confused and I don't know where to go. If you can hear me, please bring me peace. That was like my, my, my plea as a child. As, as, as I would, a child would, you know, cry to his mother. And, you know, that night I was just crying there. But that night I was enveloped with peace. Mm. I ended up feeling finally I was at rest. But, of course, I did not become Catholic yet. I still spent, you know, several months going back to the church, leading Bible studies. But by this time, uh, our leaders are a bit worried already because whenever we would do our Bible studies, I have some writings of the church fathers, the catechism of the church, and I would have Catholic books, and I would share quotations from Catholic saints. And they were so afraid. Like, why am I <laughs> bringing in this Catholic thought in our Protestant church? In fact, when I showed my pastor, pastor, look at this book by Dave Armstrong. It's called, uh, it's called Biblical Defense of Catholicism. And then he was just telling me, mag-ingat ka sa mga paring katoliko. Magaling yan magbaliktad ng katotohanan. They know how to twist scriptures. And when I read it, there's no twisting here. This is really what the scripture is telling me. And you know, uh, because I was one of the leaders, one of the Bible teachers of our church came to me and asked me, Burns, can we talk? And I said, okay, sure, we can talk. Because they're so concerned about what was happening to me. And I told her everything. 
And you know, at the end of all the long conversation of my questions, she also told me, Burns, I cannot answer your question, but remember one thing. She mentioned 1 Timothy 3.15. The church of the living God is the pillar and foundation of truth. And then she was telling me that the church of the living God was that church where I, where I belong. But I knew that that particular quotation came from St. Paul, letter to Timothy, telling him that the church is the foundation and pillar of the truth. Therefore, if you don't know what to believe in about your faith, you go to the church. And then again, I found myself blurting out. I asked my Bible teacher during the time, but we're among the 40,000 different churches claiming to be the true church of Christ. And I didn't know. And again, she was not able to answer. And when I started really searching for that church established by Jesus, for that pillar and foundation of truth, I, find the, I found it in the Catholic faith. But again, full of pride, full of human respect, I did not want to convert. No? Again, important po yung verse na yan, no? yung 1 Timothy 3.15. Protestants are saying, and I used to say, that the only source of truth should be the Bible. But the Bible nowhere says that. In fact, the Bible is telling us that the real pillar and foundation of the truth is not the Bible but the church. So we have to ask, anong simbahan yun? So I still read more and more. I was still uncomfortable to convert until my friends started telling me, you know, Burns, you've been praying for your conversion. Until when are you going to convert? Well, at that time, may nagsabi sa akin na friend, aralin mo muna lahat ng turo ng lahat ng Christian denominations. Aralin mo muna lahat ng tinuturo ng buong simbahang katoliko before you convert. But then I, I was also told by another mentor, Burns, if you will study all the teachings of the church, your life will not be enough to do that. And so on an ordinary day, without any fanfare, without any, you know, without any uh, big special event, I just received like a, 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 an instantaneous inspiration. Okay, I'll go to confession next Thursday. And then my friends told me, you know, Burns, that's a good day to confess. And I said, why? They didn't tell me why. And of course, being a Protestant, I didn't know about anything that's going to happen on a Thursday. So I went to confession. Two Catholic friends accompanied me praying as I was doing my first confession after so many years. I have unloaded all the burdens in my heart. All the time, all, you know, I made a general confession. All my, the sins that I had ever since childhood, my attacking of the Pope, the church and the saints of Mary. And then at the end of the long confession, the priest told me, you know, Burns, you're so blessed because today is the feast day of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Mary <laughs> brought you home. I was dumbfounded. I didn't, know about, I didn't know about liturgical calendars. I didn't know about the feast days during that time. I knew Catholics have feast days, but those things I have long abandoned. I needed time to recall. In fact, <laughs> After I became Catholic, when I would go to Mass, hindi kong alam kung kailan ako luluhod o tatayo because I had to remember all of these things again. But when he told me that that day of my coming back to the church was the day the whole church here on earth and there on heaven is celebrating the Feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, I knew that during that night when I cried in front of Mary in the same chapel where I confessed. So I knelt before her again, again with all these tears of a child, crying like a baby, thanking her. Thank you for giving, giving me peace and thank you for bringing me home. And that is my prayer for all of those who are watching us tonight. 
The, the Catholic faith is gravely misunderstood. Archbishop Fulton Sheen once said that there are thousands of people, if not millions, in America, and I would say here in the Philippines, who hate what they think the Catholic Church is. But when they see the real Catholic Church, all they see, all they would see is Jesus at the center. That is the main message of Christianity. That is the main message of Catholicism. Jesus at the center. Without Jesus, everything falls short. Amen. The Catholic Church did not add so many things that would distract us. The Catholic Church has been given by Christ all a, a family with a mother, with our brothers and sisters in the faith, precisely to help us in our work of walk of faith so that we can reach Jesus, not just here on earth, but more so in heaven. Amen. And if there are non-Catholics who are watching us right now, I don't intend to dialogue to you, but I would like to tell you of what Jesus said before he died, before he, he was captured and before he was betrayed in his priestly prayer in John chapter 17. Father, I pray not only for them alone, referring to the apostles and the disciples, but I pray for all those who will believe through them, referring to you and me, that they may become one just as you and I are one that they may come into perfect unity so that they may believe in our glory, in our unity. That's a paraphrase of the priestly prayer of Christ in John chapter 70. I think chapter 20, uh, verses 20 onwards. Please read it on your own. My point is this. In James chapter 5, verse 16, we are told that the prayers of the righteous avails much. If Christ, before he died, prayed for the perfect unity of all Christians, don't you think that that prayer will not come true? I realize in my journey of faith that it has always been true because Jesus in Matthew 16, 18 established a church and that is church. That church was established upon the foundation of the apostles under the leadership of the Pope. And that church, to my horror, to my surprise, happened to be the one holy Catholic church. We are not forcing you to convert. What J John Paul II is telling us in Redemptoris Missio, that the church does not impose, but it proposes. Yes. We are proposing that the church is the church, that the Catholic church is the one founded by the Lord himself, biblically, historically. It's our duty to discover this truth. It's our once-in-a-lifetime mission to know more about this faith, to know more about this family given to us. And that will make a whole lot of difference in our lives and in the lives of so many others who will be meeting us along the journey. And we are here to dialogue with you. We are here to let you unbox the Catholic faith so that you can really understand it deeply and be able to explain it clearly without being preachy. And that is really our advocacy it, as, you know, Catholic influencers in, Cath in unboxing Catholicism. So sorry for this very, very long story. And, you know, I, I just... Which how I could summarize it further, but yeah, if you have questions, if you want to, you know, react, we can read comments. I don't know with you, with J Paul, if there's still time for that. If there are questions there, reactions. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so many reactions, but um, thank you. First of all, I just want to give you a big hand. Thank you so much. Thanks be to God. Everything is grace. We are unworthy uh, on our own. You know, it's really. I feel like 
um as you were speaking i felt i felt the spirit of um saint paul as you know you were like him <laughs> you were against the church at one point all of us are like him <laughs> yeah and in his i love his turning point that in his humility he was a roman for those who don't know he was a roman citizen meaning matasha right but to privilege God, in his humility, he submitted himself to the Pope, which is Amen. Peter. Peter. And as you were telling your story, brother, I, I felt the same spirit, the same passion, the same charism. And I just want, I know that, you know, St. Peter was talking through you. Um, St. Paul was talking through you. And, and I love what you said about uh, Timothy, because for those who don't know, you see, St. Paul instructed Timothy to go to the church of Ephesus because they were destroying the church. The, the, the church of Ephesus were was they were drowning out the gospel. Um, ginugulo na nila. They were they were destroying it. Nagiiba na. So so parang Saint Paul was saying, go back, go there, be the leader, right. kahit bata ka, and and right. go, let them go back to what the real church. And and then and then sakto. That story is actually going back to real what the real church is, as what Saint Paul was telling them, is actually the Catholic faith because that is the Catholic the church that Jesus built, and he you know gave Amen. it to the apostles. Amen. And I just and really he want... wants us to be part of it, brother John Paul. Sorry, no. A last comment, along J Paul, with oh, what oh, you oh. said. I know many people who would say that religion is not important. What's important is our relationship with God. I'll use a human analogy. Sure, if sasabihin natin na if John Paul will say, wala namang ibang mas mahalaga sa akin kung hindi yung relasyon ko sa asawa ko eh. Hindi ba't kapag ka, meron tayong karelasyon, inaalam natin kung anong kagustuhan ng karelasyon natin. We want to please the one whom we are in relationship with. Tama di ba, John Paul? You will do things, you will sacrifice, you will obey your wife because you are in a relationship with her. Ganon din po sa ating pananampalataya. Napakadali pong sabihin na hindi mahalaga yung, yung relihiyon kasi po ang mahalaga ay relasyon. Nire-respeto po natin yan. Pero ang ating imbitasyon ay tignan natin kung ano yung tinuturo ng Biblia. Sa Biblia ba ay mayroong tinatag na simbahan? May ibinigay ba sa atin ng Panginoong Diyos na, na, na pillar at foundation of truth na ating dapat paniwalaan? Tignan natin yung kasaysayan, pag-aralan natin at maging sincere tayo sa pag-aaral ng Biblia, pag-aaral ng konteksto ng mga Bible verses. Kasi pag sinabi nating we want to be in a relationship with Jesus, we cannot accept the gift of salvation, we cannot love Jesus, but hate His family, the church. Amen. We cannot accept Jesus in our hearts as our Lord and Savior, but reject His family, the saints. We cannot accept Jesus and, and tell that we are under His yoke if we haven't sincerely really tried to know how the first Christians behave, how the first Christians live. To tell you honestly, hindi po natin makikita sa unang isang libot limang daang taon ng Kristyanismo na may mga Kristyano nagsasabing hindi mahalaga ang, ang relihiyon. Ang sinasabi nila, ang relihiyon ay mahalaga dahil ito ang relasyon natin sa Diyos at mahalagang maintindihan natin kung ano ang relihiyong ipinakita sa atin ng mga apostol. At ang relihiyong ito, ang simbahang ito ay merong kumpisal, ay merong santo papa, ay merong misa, 
At kahit ayoko pong tanggapin ito noon, ito po ang simbahang katoliko. Again, hindi natin tinataas ang simbahang katoliko as if we are trying to put a on a pedestal a, 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 a human institution. But the church is established by Christ. And if you're hearing this episode right now, it's not an accident that you're hearing us because God is planting seeds of curiosity in your heart because He wants you to unbox this gift that He has given you. And that is the one holy Catholic faith. It's up to you if you will take the invitation or not. Amen. You know, as we were, as you were saying, uh, this August, today is August 31, and it's about nine days before the birthday of um, the Blessed Mother. For those who are doubting their faith right now, Burns, can you invite them to a nine-day or you know a, a journey with the blessed mother before we close before you give your closing messages you know just takto lang eh august 31 few days before se september 8 maybe you want to say something sure sure all right or how they can journey with her all right alam niyo po no ako po ay isa pang protestante iniisip ko na ang rosario ay pagsamba kay maria na ito ay Walang kakwenta-kwentang paulit-ulit na mga abagi noong Maria at paglabag sa utos laban sa idolatria at sa paulit-ulit na pananalangin. No? Ngunit meron isang tao na nakausap ako at sinabi ko sa kanya, convert din siya. Dati siyang baptist, pinanganak na baptist, mga pastor ang kanyang mga magulang at mga kamag-anak, ngunit naging katoliko siya sa awa ng Diyos. Tinanong ko sa kanya, bakit ka nagro-rosaryo? Paano ko matatanggap na ang rosaryo ay katanggap-tanggap? Hindi ba yan pagsamba kay Maria? What he told me surprised me. He told me na ang nasa sentro ng, ng rosaryo, the center of the rosary is not Mary but Jesus. Amen. How? We always repeat Hail Marys, right? Yes, we repeat Hail Marys. Because what we are doing there is we are praying with Mary. We are yeah. talking to her, trying to meditate on the life of our Lord as seen through the eyes of His Blessed Mother. Mm. And I, would, I was like, Bakit ko kailangan gawin yun? Can I just go directly to God? Can I just pray directly to Jesus to ask Him to reveal Himself to me? Yes, you can do that. Yes, you can go directly to God. You can pray directly to God. The Catholic Church does not forbid that. But isn't it logical that if we want to know more about Jesus, apart from talking to him, we would also ask his friends about how he was when he was growing up, about how he was when he was <laughs> a teenager, and who was that person who's closest to the life of our Lord? Who was that person who is closest to her, to him rather, in a very special way that the Lord spent nine months inside her womb, the Blessed mm -hmm. Mother? Amen. Therefore, my dear friends, the, the role of Mary in our lives as Christians is the same as was her role during the wedding feast of Cana. Naalala niyo po yung unang milagro ng ating Panginoon, kasalan sa Cana, naubusan sila ng wine, naubusan ng inumin. Sino ang nagsabi kay Jesus na naubusan ng inumin? Si Mama Mary. Kung tayo po ay nauubusan na ng pag-asa, kung tayo po ay nauubusan na ng lakas, nauubusan na ng pasensya, sa mga nangyayari sa atin ngayon, asahan po natin na si Maria ay nagsasabi kay Jesus. 
at sa ating pananalangin ng rosaryo, sasabihin sa atin ni Maria, do whatever He tells you. Everything that Mary is in our faith is because of Jesus. Amen. Now, why do we call her the queen? It's because Jesus is the king. Why do we call her the mother of God? It's because Jesus is God. Without Jesus, there is no Mary. But equally, my dear friends, kung wala si Maria, wala rin si Jesus. Dahil sa pagpapakumbaba at pananampalataya ni Maria. Remember that Mary was not forced by Jesus, by God, the Father, to become the mother of our Lord. But she accepted her vocation with humility and fidelity. Nung nagpakita sa kanya ang anghel, sinabi niya, Be it done unto me according to thy word. That was the cooperation of Mary. And that was the obedience of Mary. And that said, that yes of Mary reversed all the mistakes of man ever since the time of Adam and Eve. And I'll leave you with this point, no? Just as the sin of Eve ushered in sin through the world, sa pagkakasala ni Eva ay pumasok ang kasalanan kay Adan at sa buong mundo. Gayon din naman ang pagliligtas ng Diyos Just the same that the salvation of God entered through another woman by the obedience of Mary that reversed the disobedience of Eve, that salvation entered the world through the new Adam, and that is Jesus. So ang ibig sabihin po neto, no Jesus, no Mary, N-O. And no Mary, no Jesus, K-N-O-W. Kapag inalam po natin at inaral natin ang buhay ng Panginoon, nakikita natin doon ang gampani ng ating mahal na ina. At pag inaral natin ang buhay ng mahal na ina, wala tayong ibang makikita kundi ang kanyang anak. At yan po ang imbitasyon sa atin sa, sa siyam na araw na ito. Pwede po tayong magnobina, pwede po tayong magrosaryo. Samahan niyo po ang Unboxing Catholicism every Saturday at 6.15. Nagro-rosary po tayo at nagre-reflect. Kasi po ang pagdadasal ng rosaryo, hindi lang natin pinuulit-ulit yung Hail Mary. Dapat po nilalagay natin yung sarili natin doon sa nangyayari. We immerse in ourselves in the gospel passage and see what God is showing us. And see what Mary is teaching us. Subukan nyo po na manalangin. Uh, please pray the rosary with a very contemplative spirit. And before Amen. you know it, tapos na pala. Yung paulit-ulit mong Hail Mary, hindi mo na mamamalayan because you're so immersed in the gospel. You're so immersed in the life of God, in the life of Christ, as seen through the eyes of Mary. Amen. Oh, I love it. I love it. Thank you, Burns. Ay, so beautiful. For everyone that's here, men, women, thank you and I pray that God's blessing is upon you. Um, Burns, before we, before I pray for you, can you, thank you so much, first of all, thank you for just really, just throwing beautiful messages and blessings, amen. Um, um, please, please invite people before we close, be please invite them to Unboxing Catholicism, everything you're promoting, and we just want them um, go to his, your page, etc. Right, uh, people, if you want to unbox more the faith and learn more about apologetics and evangelization and learn how we can understand the faith deeply and explain it clearly with clarity and charity without being preachy, uh, join us every Sunday at 9 p.m. as we unbox the faith. And I also sent here uh, Kuya Jeremiah, sorry, John Paul ako ng John Paul, no? Jeremiah Paul, uh, yung links ating online Facebook community. Right now, we have more than 500 members. 
And this community is continuously growing. Uh, go to www.facebook.com slash groups slash unboxing Catholicism to access daily content on apologetics and evangelization, mga short readings on how to explain the Catholic faith. And at the same time, we are slowly rolling out our catechism classes. For those of you who have never been catechized, no? uh, hindi natin alam yung turo na simbahan, meron kami mga exclusive sessions on the creed. We will unbox the teachings of the church. And I invite you guys, no, whatever community you're part of, you can join us. And also, there's spiritual direction. We have invited priests to walk with us, to journey Amen. with us in unboxing the faith. A lot of members have already requested lay mentors and spiritual directors. Parang mentoring to. Kasi we believe na, sabi nga ni Pope Francis, let's take advantage of spiritual direction as a gift of God to the church. So if you Amen. haven't been in touch with a mentor who can really guide you in your prayer life and how to, you know, discover your vocation, priesthood bayan, married life bayan, single blessedness, connect with us so that we can connect you to competent, well-formed spiritual directors Amen. who are well-trained as well. Great job, Burns. Thank you everyone who joined us and I just wish we could respond to everyone uh we're, we're so blessed by you we'll we'll invite burns again don't worry about it okay so um i'll pray for you brother in the name of the father and the brother. son the holy spirit amen father i ask you to bless burns thank you so much for this person's zeal fire humility lord i ask you to bless the mission that you have planted in his heart Bless his finances, Lord. Bless the bless the mission, Lord, financially. May they be givers, not beggars. They may be generous in not just knowledge, but in the activities and, and the, the helping hand they can give to those who are in need. Lord, I, I lift up the unboxing Catholicism that no spirit of evil or torment can touch it, Lord, but they may be pure in your love, in your mission, and in your, in your prudence, in your values, Father. Lord, I declare, Jesus, that God, your favor is upon my brother right now. And Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for, for us. us. In the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Brother, Thank, Thank you, you so much, much for your time. I'm sorry I took a long time from you. Uh, I know you're no very busy. Um, for everyone here, thank you so much. Um, watch out. Starting next week, we're doing something with the podcast, and we're just going to announce it through the next days. Um, God is blessing Great. us so much. We're expanding and moving things. We're also going to create um, now Zoom meetings for you to meet and just really talk on manhood because we noticed uh, as much as we love the ladies here in Man on a Mission, uh, we we feel that we need to create space for men to really talk on manhood stuff because mga 90% babae nanonood. So, um, yeah, so thank you so much, men on the mission. God bless you. Have a great week ahead. I pray that this September will be better than August for you. And see you again next time. God bless you. Bye-bye.